I'm JC Hurtado Prater, and you are listening to JC Talks, a podcast about life and leadership. I'm an organizational consultant and professor of business and leadership. My entire purpose is to help you, your team, and your organization be more impactful, more effective, and more profitable. When the leader gets it right, everybody wins. This podcast is my opportunity to share with you great interviews, great books, great articles, and the important lessons I'm learning on the journey. My only hope is that these next few moments add value to your life and to your leadership. Stay tuned. Hey, this is JC. It is Black Friday. I'm late this week on the podcast. A lot of things going on, but we're going to talk today, even though we're the day after Thanksgiving, the day that we set aside for um, the day that we set aside for giving thanks and being grateful. We're going to take the day after. And I think it's fitting to do it on today because today is Black. In, in the USA, we call today Black Friday. And uh, uh, it's the it's the day when all the stores get back in the black if they've been in the red right if they have uh, more debts than they do profit or less profit throughout the year this is supposed to be the day where everyone gets back into the black because all the sales and and people go out and they shop and and uh, you know but I got to tell you I just got back from the gym and I'm I'm not seeing it out there I maybe it's where I live maybe it's because in San Diego we're so laid back I'm not seeing all the craziness I, I remember as a kid growing up. It was really a big deal. And the day after Thanksgiving, it was cold and windy and sometimes even snowy. And you would know not to uh, not to go out and do anything on the Friday after Thanksgiving because the roads would just be jammed and packed and everybody's trying to get to the store because of the sales. I grew up back in Indiana. So again, the cold and the, it was just kind of a painful day. And I think there was one day that I actually went out and experienced Black Friday. And I, it, was just, it wasn't fun for me. It wasn't anything that I found to be exciting, but I'm not seated out there. Anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make, <coughs> excuse me, is that today may be a great day to actually talk about this because on a day when it's about consumption, 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 buy, 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 more, 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 me, me, me. We've all heard this, the uh, the disconcerting stories about Black Friday. So on a day uh, like that, we think it might be good for us to, to talk about gratitude, which is kind of the opposite of what Black Friday is all about. And not, I, I'm not against it, right? If you can get some sales and a lot of people have fun with it and they go out and they camp out the night before and some family, you know, some families do that. And it's just kind of a fun thing. Uh, so I, I'm not knocking it, but let's talk about gratitude here. And there's really a, a really significant point. This is a podcast about life and leadership. And so there's a, a really important point that I want to make in the podcast. And so we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But I am reading through, uh, it's called The Science of Gratitude. And it was written by uh, Summer Allen, Dr. Summer Allen, uh, through the Greater Good Science Center. Uh, And I've got some other names, John Templeton Foundation, but this is through Berkeley. So the Greater Good Science Center uh, at UC Berkeley. Okay, so here's exactly what it says. A white paper prepared for the John Templeton Foundation by the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. And this was in May of 2018. It's called The Science of 
gratitude. So let's just dive in. And I just, I just want to read through a few things. I highlighted some portions of this. And again, there's a really important point I want to make a little bit later on. Uh, but let's just kind of dive in and just kind of talk about this idea of gratitude. Research, and I'm reading now, suggests that gratitude is not simply a cultural construct. It has deep roots that are embedded in our evolutionary history, our brains and DNA, and in child development. So then it gives some examples. Anim- animals as diverse as fish, birds, and vampire bats engage in reciprocal altruism activities, behaviors that one animal performs to help another member of their species, even at a cost to themselves, presumably presumably because they recognize at some instinctual level that um, that the other individual may repay the favor at a later date. So even animals some somehow in this instinctual brain of theirs, certain animals exhibit this mindset of reciprocity, okay? Reciprocal altruism, which is a form of gratitude, right? They're saying, well, because you did, I mean, they're not saying this, but they're uh, possibly this is their reasoning behind it. I mean, obviously we can't know unless we are able to talk to the fish or the bird or the vampire bat, but it looks as if uh, by observation, one fish did something for another fish. And so now they're helping them out. I will tell you this past uh, October, I was just last month, I was in, um, I was in Key West and I went for a little snorkeling and, and this was a pretty cool time snorkeling. I was down there and there were just a lot of fish that day. I'd gone the year before and I didn't see as many fish, but this time I did. And, and uh, at one point, I was swimming along and you kind of kind of have to stay on top and they tell you not to put your feet down because there's a lot of there's an entire ecological system underneath the water there. So they tell you kind of keep your uh, feet up. And so you just have to kind of float on the water there. And so I was floating. And at one point, all of these fish, I, I wish I had a camera to capture this, but they came towards me and it was like they were trying to say hi. They were trying to figure out what I was and they were uh, coming up to my arms and, and, and coming up to my face. And somehow, I don't know, I got excited or whatever, but I, I maybe I went down too low, but I, I sucked in a whole bunch of water. And so then I had to, you know, it was, it was like the moment was gone because then I, you know, I had to I had to get upright. So my legs and everything were moving. So the fish scattered. And so it went upright. But later on uh, that afternoon, I was was snorkeling. And there were a whole bunch of fish. Um, I, I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't know if they were trying to get at the eggs because there was one fish defending all of the eggs and the other fish just kept coming and trying to attack whatever it was. And this fish had to keep all the other fish off. And it was like they would attack from all sides. Um, and then at some point, it looked like another fish. Now, I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm who, who knows, but it looked like another fish was trying to come in there and help out. It was like a different kind of a species, different and Uh, maybe it was trying to get all the other fish away so it could have whatever it was that they were all digging for. But, but I remember watching this and saying, man, this is interesting. There's this whole other world. We tend to think of human beings as being, um, you know, maybe we're a little bit uh, greedy or we're a little bit, uh, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Uh, We can be kind of hostile towards each other. Right. But then you're watching these animals and, and these fish and then to watch this other one come over. And I, again, I don't know if it was trying to help or it was trying to get all the fish away, but it was interesting to watch how so many of the things that we see in human beings, you can also see in animals as well. Um, so, again, gratitude, it seems to the research is showing it, it could be in animals as well. So to come down here 
in the paragraph, it uh, says a support for the idea that gratitude may have arisen as an evolutionary adaptation comes in part from research on primates. Studies have found that chimpanzees are more likely to share food with the chimpanzee that has groomed them earlier in the day and are more likely to help another chimpanzee with the task if that chimpanzee has helped them in the past. Okay. Recent studies have also begun exploring the developmental roots of gratitude. This work suggests that even fairly young children have some concept of gratitude that develops as they mature. Again, this suggests the roots of gratitude run deep. Several studies have explored whether certain personality traits, right? So extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, um, neuroticism, um, openness to experience, that maybe if you have these, uh, if you have these traits about you, that, that uh, maybe these traits are more associated with dispositional gratitude. Again, the results have differed, but there's research out there that shows that maybe this has to do with uh, certain people and why they're uh, more grateful or at least exhibit more gratitude than other people do. Studies have found that girls and women report feeling more grateful than boys and men, possibly because boys and men, at least in the U.S., the article says, may be uh, more likely to associate gratitude with weakness or indebtedness. And that's probably something we need to change about our culture if we think saying uh, thank you to somebody is almost a way of being indebted to them. Research also suggests that social factors, including religion, cultural influences, and parenting um, may influence a person's tendency to experience gratitude. So we understand that if you're in a religion, and I'm part of the Christian faith, and gratitude is, at least in our churches, um, uh, I would say this a good pastor, priest is going to talk about this idea of gratitude. And I, I don't think you could probably go to any uh, evangelical church for an entire year and not, well, I shouldn't say that. I think a lot of churches, I didn't start hearing about gratitude till later in life, but it's maybe because I didn't listen when I was a kid. Um, uh, but it's a big, it's a big deal for me now. But I would say that in modern day, with some of the more modern churches, you you, you couldn't get through an entire year without listening to a message on gratitude. It's just, it's just that important. Uh, so if you're part of a religion and you believe in that religion and you're with that religion, obviously you're going to have um, maybe more of a bent towards gratitude than somebody who's not because they're reminded on a consistent basis uh, to be grateful for whatever it is, the higher power, um, gratitude for others. You're in community with with other people when you're in a faith community. And so uh, you learn to kind of have that, that gratitude. Culture may also influence people's experience of gratitude. For example, one study found that men in the, in the U.S. reported experiencing gratitude less free, frequently than those in Germany. And another uh, study found that American, Brazilian, Chinese, and Russian children differed in the ages and extent to which they expressed different forms of gratitude. That's interesting. Obviously, parenting has a great deal to do with it. I'll be transparent with you. I did not grow up in a home that, that, that talked about gratitude outside of, hey, when somebody gives you something, say thank you. Uh, but that's more of kind of a force. We want to make sure you have manners. That, that had to do with that. We want to make sure the family looks good. So when someone gives you something, say thank you. We never really talked about having a mindset, at least I don't remember as a kid. And I don't know if my other friends uh, had conversations like that with their parents. Um, about a mindset of gratitude, about how walking around and constantly looking at the world around and saying, um, 
How can I be grateful? I, I don't remember that being a thing, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, but if you have parents that are really grateful, and I'm trying to do this with my six-year-old daughter, really trying to implement this in her life. If you have parents that really value gratitude, more than likely their children are going to value it. Uh, gratitude as well. Uh, research suggests that gratitude may be associated with many benefits for individuals, including better physical and psychological health, increased happiness and life satisfaction, decreased materialism and more. So if you're grateful for what you have in life, uh, it's going to be harder to constantly be looking at everything you don't have. Um, now, I personally think, and this is me, that a, a, a bit of ambition, a bit of maybe a lack of content in some ways is not necessarily a bad thing. It pushes us to uh, progress. It pushes us to innovation. It pushes us to creativity. I'm talking on a personal level. I'm talking on a team level, on an organizational level. If we're always just content, uh, it's going to be hard to experience um, something new. If we're looking at everything around us and say, well, this is good enough. I'm grateful for what I have. I don't need anything more. It's going to be hard to be more creative in life and uh, try new things, do new things. So I think an element of I, I think it all goes together. Right. And this is a whole nother conversation. I think we need to be grateful for, for what we have while continuing to strive for better in our homes, in our communities, in our our our, our society as a whole. Right. It's not simply about just being grateful for what we have today. I think there's a lot more that goes into it as well. Um, uh, this idea of ambition and contentment, uh, I think they play hand in hand, but on the journey to being better, to doing better, to innovation, creation, uh, still be grateful. I think that's really important for us to understand. Um, the gratitude may also benefit people with various medical and psychological challenges. Okay. Other studies suggest that gratitude may live up to its, reput its reputation as the mother of all virtues. By encouraging the development of other virtues such as patience, humility, and wisdom. There's something about stopping to say thank you that can very well bring that out in all of us. This idea of being more patient, being more humble, being more wise. So here are some of the social benefits of gratitude. Given its role as social glue, it should not be surprising that evidence points to gratitude social benefits as well. Research suggests that gratitude inspires people to be more generous, kind, and helpful, or pro-social, strengthens relationships, including romantic relationships, and may improve the climate in the workplace. Several studies have supported the link between gratitude and pro-social behavior. These studies have found that more grateful people are more helpful and generous, and that uh, and, and that experimentally manipulating people's feelings of gratitude can lead them to being more helpful and generous, as can activities such as writing a gratitude letter. Gratitude is also important to forming and maintaining social relationships. So here's, here, here's the point that I want to say. Here's the most important point. And as I was reading this, I thought about this. Some managers and leaders out there in the marketplace, they have this idea that in order to be a great leader, they need to say thank you less. Or some leaders, they just don't think about it. They're very driven. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they're constantly moving forward. And so this idea of thinking about um, saying thank you to other people, maybe they don't need thanks. They don't need someone to express it to them. Uh, so they don't think about giving it to other people. I wrestle with this um, because I'm not necessarily someone who needs to be told thank you. It's nice. 
and, and I guess it depends on who, who it comes from. But because of that, sometimes I struggle turning around and telling other people, thank you. And I think um, I'm learning to try to do this better. Okay. Uh, I'm in my own journey of learning as well. But I think leaders, I, I, I think the research is showing us that creating a culture of gratitude where people just say thank you and people are more appreciative and people are more humble, I think it is beneficial to your team and to your organization. And I will say this, I am, for the last 20 years, I've been in, in the ministry field and have done work there. And so I've led musical teams. And if you know anything about musical teams, they're made, of, they're made up of musical people. And musical people all are a little bit finicky. They're kind of emotional. They're up, down. It's just kind of their emotions. Uh, that's where the music comes from. That's where the passion comes from. And uh, so I, I found that at least the team that I uh, was working with at the time, still working with, uh, but it was a different group of people at the time, had a real bent towards negativity. And they would come in on a Thursday night and just be negative and gossip and just, oh, the attitudes were awful. And I realized that this was a part of me as well. I struggled with that. And so I was on my own journey of learning how to be more grateful. And I'd done some studying and reading and people had recommended some stuff to me. And I'd started a uh, gratitude practice in my life. And so we begin to do that as a team. I'd say, hey, before we do anything, we're all going to circle up up here on the platform and we're all going to express gratitude. Sometimes it's one word. Sometimes it's a sentence. Sometimes we let people talk forever, you know, whatever it is. And I found that that drastically transformed um, the entire night, it, drast it, it drastically transformed the rehearsal. It drastically transformed the people. It drastically you know, transformed the culture. You cannot come uh, to a room and remain negative when you've just sat around with you know, 10, 15, 20 other people and you've talked through uh, gratitude. It's, I think it's next to impossible. When you've said something you're thankful for, there's something about this, and this is what the research has shown, it rewires the brain in some way. You can't be as negative as you were before. And so I found that that, that was incredibly um, helpful to this team. That was a volunteer team. I don't know how that works in the workplace, I think you can do it in the workplace. You have to mandate it. You have to model it yourself. Maybe it's not every single day, but maybe it's on Monday or at, at stat, you know, big team meetings. Say, hey, before we start this meeting, I don't want to go around the room and everybody name one thing you're grateful for and watch and see what happens with your team. I promise you, especially if you have negative people and, and they don't mean to be negative. They're not trying to be negative. They just maybe they have a lot on their plate. And so life is hard for them. But if you can help them see something positive, it will change the culture of your team. I promise you that. Uh, so let's kind of define gratitude based on what um, this article says. And he, here, here at the top, it says this. It says, um, uh, religious traditions, including Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism, all encourage cultivating gratitude as an important moral virtue. So again, if you're part of one of these religions, it might be easier for you to be grateful. For, for millennia, gratitude has been a popular topic among philosophers. Cicero said gratitude is not only the greatest one, but also the mother of all remaining virtues. Seneca ranked ingrates below thieves, rapists, and adultery. So he said, uh, if you're an ungrateful person, you're worse than the thief, than, than the rapist, than the adulterer. That's something else. Hume wrote, of all crimes that human creatures are capable of committing, the most horrid and unnatural is ingratitude. That's deep. And Adam Smith believed that gratitude was vital for maintaining a society based on goodwill. And this, my friends, is why I'm telling you, in the workplace, because you're in the marketplace, you're on a team, I would encourage you to begin implementing some kind of a, a gratitude um, 
a, a gratitude, uh, what, uh, what we call some, some kind of a gratitude behavior is not the right word. Some, uh, some kind of a gratitude process in how you do things, right? Some kind of a gratitude, you know, act, um, and, and it will feel disingenuous and it won't feel right at the beginning because people aren't used to doing this. And like, I didn't come here to express gratitude. I came to work and collect my paycheck. You're going to get some of that. Don't worry about it. Keep doing it and watch and see how it transforms your culture right there. As Adam Smith said, it's vital for maintaining a society based on goodwill. My highest, and this is me, I'm speaking to you, my highest, my guiding philosophy in life Love is seeking the highest good for the other. So the highest good, how do we, how do we get to highest good? One of the ways, as Adam Smith says, is by expressing gratitude, having a mindset of gratitude. Okay, so let's just kind of define it, and then we'll kind of wrap up our, our, uh, our talk for today. Yet in their influential 2003 paper, Emmons and Michael McCullough, McCullough posit that gratitude can be generally distilled into a two-step cognitive process. So it's a mind process, okay? It takes place in your mind before it ever comes out of your mouth, before it ever shows up in the workplace. It's got to start in your mind. And here's what that looks like. Two-step cognitive process. Number one, the first step is recognizing that one has obtained a positive outcome. So that's the first step. Hey, something good happened. I achieved this. I did this. Uh, and and here's, here's what the outcome was of it. And it's a positive outcome. So we're happy with that. It's moving us closer to the goal. That's number one. And number two, recognizing that there is an external source for this positive outcome. That is huge. Okay. So again, number one, I recognize something positive has happened. Number two, I recognize there, there's an external force. So what does that mean? It means it's not about me. So that means I have to say thank you to somebody because this didn't just happen because of me. And even if you're a big part of why it happened, you still turn around and you express gratitude to somebody else. This is massive, right? This is a great definition. Understanding something good happened, understanding it's not fully because of you. There's an external force. And I don't just mean a spiritual force, and it could be a spiritual force, but I mean bigger than that. It means that, that you have to turn to somebody around you and say thank you. Right. So maybe if you're in a relationship and I I could have learned a lot, I probably could have saved many relationships in my life by turning around and saying thank you to people. Just saying, hey, I noticed that this happened. Look at this amazing thing. Look at what happened. This is because of all of you and your work. Thank you. And that if you have the finances, the budget, do something to say thank you. Right. Take them out to a meal. Take them out, you know, uh, get a drink or something like that. You know, whatever it might be as a way to say thank you. But it starts in the mind. And again, one more time, it's this understanding that, that there is a positive outcome and understanding that there are external influences that, in, uh, that created that positive outcome. And when you understand that it's not just you, you have to turn around and say, thank you. I'm getting passionate about this because I'm thinking about all the people that I've worked with in my entire life who cannot say thank you. And either it's because they're ignoring the fact that other external forces are out there or they're so narcissistic about who they are. They think, well, it's because of me. This is the reason why all this good has happened, because I'm the one that created this. Either way. uh, You know, they're in the wrong, in my opinion. Uh, Again, gratitude brings this sense of humility and that sense of humility comes and it's not this beat down on myself and I'm a horrible person. I can't stand that. Some people think humility, uh, they have the worst definitions. And we'll probably talk about that, this idea of organizational humility, personal humility. We'll probably talk about that here in the next 
you know, few weeks. It might be good something to kind of ramp down the year on. Some people think this idea of humility is all about you shut your mouth and listen to what I have to say. I've had people tell me that before. Hey, I want I want to see you be more humble. And what they really meant was I just want you to stop talking and stop giving your opinion. And I want you to be an automaton and just sit there and do nothing. Those are those micromanagers, those horrible leaders. Um, and I've worked for a few in my lifetime and you have too. And they're awful. We could talk about that for all day, but here's the most important thing for you to understand. Again, number two, recognizing gratitude is recognizing that there's a positive outcome. Number two, recognizing that there's an external force for this positive outcome. So when you recognize it's not just you, you've got to turn around. You've got to express gratitude. That's very important for us to understand as we move throughout the workplace and in our families and in our lives. I think if we got this right, see a positive outcome recognize there's somebody outside of us that made that positive outcome happen. Say thank you. Express gratitude. Have a mindset of gratitude. I think so many things in our world would be different. Just my thoughts. Hope you're having a great Black Friday. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Again, my apologies on being late on this podcast. I've got more going on than you can possibly imagine. As we start off the new year here in just a month or two, uh, we're going to talk about focus and it's going to be good for me as I talk about this idea of how do we bring down uh, our focus and, and uh, really achieve uh, the goals that we want, whether it's for a business or whether it's for our own life. Or anyway, right now, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy Black Friday. Enjoy the sales. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of JC Talks Leadership Podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to my podcast, JC Talks, a leadership podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get new episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.